At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. Protect George Santos at all costs. I have said it before and I'll say it again. Congressman George Santos, Republican, campaign now shown to have been largely supported by the cousin of a sanctioned Russian oil oligarch, not resigning, not answering, not apologizing, and not anything less than the best asset the Democratic Party and President Biden have at the moment. Now more than ever, with the Republicans threatening to run the world economy off the cliff, with the simple-minded American political media intending to keep pushing the Biden document story until it and they also go off the cliff, with nobody willing to investigate the charges of Congressman James Comer's girlfriend, nor the curious timing of the Department of Justice leak about Biden, the Democrats need to do everything they can to make, for the next few months at least, the fulcrum and the center of American politics, George Santos. And God knows George is doing his best on this. Democrats are not good at exploiting gifts from the universe, especially the simple ones that seem too good to be true, or in the case of George Santos, too good to be false. He's lied about everything. And while even some Republicans have tried to get rid of him, the new Speaker of the House has covered up George Santos's lies, protected George Santos. Kevin McCarthy personally is keeping George Santos in Congress. George Santos, national security risk, belongs to Kevin McCarthy. George Santos belongs to every Republican. I do not want to hear a Democrat until, like, spring mention Kevin McCarthy without immediately also mentioning George Santos. On the debt limit, the speaker is about as truthful here as his guy, George Santos. It's easy to do. 
if this idiot from Virginia, Representative Bob Good, tries to turn the debt limit reality inside out again and blame the Democrats for the world financial crisis the Republicans are willing to risk, and Good says, as he did yesterday, quote, I hope the president and the Senate would not risk a government shutdown or some kind of a government default by recklessly rejecting spending cuts. I want several Democrats to answer, seriously, Bob Good? You are threatening the jobs of millions of Americans? You want to create a world financial panic? You want a stock market crash? And that's your explanation? Who do you think you are? George Santos? George Santos is easy to use, can be applied wet or dry, can be taken with or without food, requires no assembly, can be used without any training, and is now available without a prescription. When the speaker talks about these documents, I wonder why he's not as angry at George Santos. And as evidenced by yesterday's jaw-dropper from the Washington Post, we have finally moved on to that part of the movie where we begin to understand that we have only scratched the dishonest surface, the money. Somebody found a compulsive liar willing to, having to, say anything. They bankrolled him, and they got him elected to Congress. He is a national security risk. If you missed it, the Post mined the filings at the Federal Election Committee and also the recording of a Zoom meeting, and they dug up this stark reality. There is a Russian oligarch. He is huge in Russian gas and energy. His cousin is named Andrew Intrater. I mean, Intrater. Traitor. Unlike George Santos, you can't make this stuff up. And Andrew Intrater and his wife both maxed out their Intrater campaign donations to George Santos... And the intraitors gave tens of thousands of dollars to committees linked to George Santos. And George Santos boasted that intraitors company was his client, his intraitor client. Like the lies of George Santos, this is also easily digested. Russian oil, Russian oligarch, Russian money, George Santos. And whatever comes next in reality right now, this iceberg has a whole Manchurian candidate feel to it. Why did he lie? Well, looks like money. What kind of money? Looks like Russian money. What was that name again? S-A-N-T-O-S. Santos makes the very best. Bullcrap. Also, the other guy's name has traitor in it. CNN. And that now stands for Clicks Not News. CNN Clicks Not News is not going to give up on the document story either. They ran a news alert yesterday about new details, when in point of fact it was just a timeline of what was already known, but with a new timestamp and headline. Clicks Not News is going to run something about the Biden documents every day. And the answer to that is... Funny that CNN isn't probing George Santos and the Russian oligarch. Why are they covering up for George Santos? Why is CNN helping Kevin McCarthy cover up for George Santos? And this guy, what's his name? Traitor? 
We are also not going to get anybody to start asking about the Department of Justice leak that fueled the document story or the fact that the CBS correspondent is based in Chicago and the guy that hapless Merrick Garland, that's his name, H. Merrick Garland, the H is for hapless, the guy that hapless Merrick Garland first put in charge of it, who was also based in Chicago like the correspondent, or the timing of it that allowed it to come out just hours after the Republicans took the investigative gavels in the House. We are not. It's too complicated. These are news people you're asking to do this. And the answer thus to this is the Republicans are all lying about this. Yeah, they're lying like they are. Come on, come on, come on. They're lying like they're George Santos. We are also not going to get enough people to pick up the unresolved accusations of violence and death threats made by his college girlfriend against the oversight chairman, James the Inquisitor Comer. We're not. So when Comer demands visitors' logs to the president's home in Delaware, the answer is not, well, there are no visitors' logs to his private home, because that only leads to the question, aha, who ordered that? Who failed to keep visitors' logs at the home of the president? The answer is, why is James Comer lying about Marilyn Thomas, his college girlfriend? He's beginning to sound like George Santos. Shouldn't Kevin McCarthy be asking if, with Congressman Comer, he's got another George Santos on his hands? It is possible that in the just 30 days since the first New York Times story, George Santos has become the most easily understood metaphor, the most easily digested metaphor in the last 25 years of American politics. He has lied about everything. He is deceit in human form. He's Leo DiCaprio as Frank Abagnale. He's John Lovitz as Tommy Flanagan. He's Rachel Dolezal. He's Anna Sorokin. He's Barry Bremen, the guy who used to sneak onto the field at sporting events dressed as a player or referee. He's, he's, he's Elizabeth Holmes. No, he's not. Only he's simpler than any one of them. That's not his name. That's not his religion. That's not his school. That's not his job. That's not his other job. That's not his home. That's not his race. That's not his nationality. That's not his volleyball. His volleyball. They are easy to understand lies, and they are not stopping. He is not leaving. He is not going to be forced out. He is a big metaphorical baseball bat. And every morning as the sun rises in Washington, the Republicans hand him to every Democrat and they say, go ahead, keep hitting us. We'll just stand here. There's nothing we can do if McCarthy's backing him. You ever seen a pinata? Well, we're the pinata. Only no matter how many times you hit us, we then close right back up again so you can come back tomorrow and smash us again. We are the Groundhog's Day of pinatas. Here's the bat. The Democratic answer to every question is George Santos. And oh, by the way, you probably did see the Post thing yesterday about him and the cousin of the Russian oligarch, Mr. Intrader. You probably did not see New York Magazine's thing about him Sunday, where they traced him to January 5th, 2021, and a Stop the Steal rally in D.C. when he got up and said, quote, 
For 14 days, I was congressman-elect of the 3rd Congressional District of New York, the first ever biggest upset for a Republican in New York City. And what did they do when they were too busy printing 280,000 ballots in my district and shipping them to Pennsylvania? They sneaked in a few for my opponent. And then George Santos said one other thing that assures that if and when the Democrats ever run out of opportunity or need to use George Santos as the ultimate defensive weapon, they can try him out on offense on target zero. Quoting George Santos, January 5, 2021, they did to me what they did to Donald J. Trump. They stole my election. And when George Santos said that, dressed in a beautiful camel's hair coat and an expensive Burberry scarf, his roommate at the time says, that was my scarf. George Santos stole it from me. You can't make this stuff up because he already has. Still ahead, speaking of which, Carrie Lake running for Senate against Kirsten Cinema. Well, how can she do that if she's governor already? The resignation of the German defense minister who said she was showing her commitment to Ukraine by sending the country 5,000 hats. Worse persons. Great graph showing the lack of climate change, Jordan Peterson. Did you happen to notice your graph ends in the year 1885? Why would baseball expand to some small markets if every time it expands to a small market, it just creates another perennial doormat? Looking at you, Nashville. And the latest brilliant new idea from Chris Licht of CNN, clicks, not news, the man who, when we were at MSNBC, we thought used to eat paste do a primetime CNN show anchored by a comedian like Jon Stewart. Not only is it another disaster waiting to happen, but what Chris Licht does not know is CNN first proposed a Jon Stewart comedy newscast in 2001. That's five CNN presidents ago. I was there. Things I promised not to tell. That's next. This is a completely all-new, I'm-over-my-sinus-infection edition of Countdown. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare like many of us you might think identity theft will never happen to you 
But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is Countdown with Keith Oberman. Oberman. Thank you, Larry David. Still ahead on Countdown. Well, first of all, please notice this is an all-new edition of this podcast. After finally listening to the doctor, shutting up for a while, the sinus infection is gone, I think. Thank you for your patience. Also, CNN wants to hire somebody you can laugh at while they read the news. I mean, besides Aaron Burnett. First, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need you can help. Every dog has its day to Marana, Arizona, and our second dog in need in a week named Waffles. Cherished Tales Senior Sanctuary saved Waffles and got her diagnosed with a blood vessel in her heart that does not close properly. If they don't fix it, it will kill her within six months, slowly and awfully. She's a tiny chihuahua, a senior, six pounds maybe. My puppy Ted had a bad valve that they thought was going to kill him before he was 10 months old. Amazingly, canine cardiac surgery is very advanced, very effective. They fixed him. He's now four and a half. They can fix Waffles, too, and she will be almost instantaneously better. There's a fundraiser for Waffles on Cuddly. You can find her there or on my Twitter feeds. Anything you can give will help. I thank you, and Waffles thanks you. Postscripts to the news, some headlines, some updates, some snarks, some predictions. Dateline, while we're still in Arizona, CNN reporting Carrie Lake is considering running for Senate in 2024 against Kirsten Sinema. Well, but why would she do that since Carrie is secretly the governor? I don't understand. Dateline, Jefferson City, Missouri. Republicans have changed the rules in the state legislature there and now require that women members wear jackets. Not sleeveless dresses, so no right to bear arms, not even sweaters, just jackets. Jackets, jackets, jackets. Next, burkas. Dateline Washington, whataboutism and both sidesism hits the Washington Post's weather report. Quote, Monday was as cold as Sunday, but also warmer. Read the headline over the Martin Weil story, and then, like so much, it had cold parts and warm parts. In this Foggy Bottom Diner, Dateline Texas 13th Congressional District and the irreplaceable Twitter feed of Ron Filipkowski, 
Trump's former White House position and loser of the Trump annual Guess My Weight contest, the now congressman of dubious sobriety, Dr. Ronnie Jackson, had a think yesterday about the Biden documents. Can you imagine how many how many good drugs and how many, uh, you know, hookers and, 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 you know, sweet monthly paychecks those documents could have bought? Good drugs and hookers? No, but congressman? Clearly you have. This is SportsCenter. Wait, check that. Not anymore. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. In sports, the connection between Trump and the Saudi-sponsored Live Golf Tourney, the Live Blood Money Golf Tourney, has gotten a little worse. Live was attacked by several families of 9-11 victims because of the Saudi connection. In its turf war with the PGA Tour, the PGA's publicity firm now says Live has responded by, quote, brazenly hiring a firm in the United States to track and monitor the activities of these 9-11 victims and families, even if they have nothing to do with live, golf, or golfers. As to Trump, Dawn, the organization Democracy for the Modern Arab World Now, reports that Liv's connection to the infamous Saudi prince MBS was inadvertently confirmed in a recent court case. A fund controlled by MBS owns 93% of Liv Golf. Quoting them, the revelation that a fund controlled by Crown Prince MBS actually owns almost all of Live Golf means that MBS has been paying Donald Trump unknown millions for the past two years via their mutual corporate covers. The national security implications of payments from a grotesquely abusive foreign dictator to a president of the United States who provided extraordinary favors to him are as dangerous as they are shocking, end quote. Baseball, another year, another controversy in Cincinnati, where the son of the owner of the Cincinnati Reds baseball team has said something stupid. Again, last year, Phil Castellini said that Reds fans should stop complaining about their team because where would they go see baseball in Cincinnati if he and his father got fed up and moved to another city? This time at a Reds-Rooters event over the weekend, Castellini complained about having to eat the guaranteed contract of a player the Reds had signed and recently dropped because he wasn't any good anymore. His rhetorical question, quote, is anybody here paid to not do their job? Well, golly, the Reds last won the World Series in 1990. So one might answer, Mr. Castellini, well, yeah. Apparently everybody in the Reds' ownership and front office is paid, you know, not to do their job. Thank you, Nancy Faust. A group trying to get an expansion team for Nashville, Tennessee, has hired former Yankee star Don Mattingly as a consultant. Mattingly once played there as a minor leaguer. It is also being asked how Mattingly can consult for the group while he's still the bench coach for the Toronto Blue Jays. Eh, so what? My question is, why is baseball considering expansion? This is not a sport that can equalize market size by using a salary cap or total revenue sharing. New teams in small markets with small TV prices turn out to be 
perennial doormats. I mean, look at Cincinnati. And no matter how much Nashville might be growing, it is still only the 35th largest market in the country. There are nine metropolitan areas without baseball teams with larger populations. San Antonio is 30% larger than Nashville. Virginia Beach, Virginia Beach and Norfolk are nearly as big as Nashville. The last time a team in a metropolitan area smaller than Kansas City won the World Series was the Milwaukee Braves in 1957. It is a recipe for disaster. And while baseball rightly mourns popular 93-year-old Frank Thomas, an outfielder who played with all but three of the National League teams that existed during his career and the first hitting star of the original amazing 1962 Mets, 40 wins, 120 losses, the obituaries have largely ignored the fact that Frank Thomas probably kept a later teammate of his out of baseball's Hall of Fame. In 1965, as the city of Philadelphia recovered from race riots the year before, it had a second-year African-American star named Dick Allen, then known as Richie Allen, who was as good as any hitter of his era or of most eras. On July 3, 1965, Allen was leading the National League with a 341 batting average, and Frank Thomas was needling him during batting practice. On a road trip a week before, Frank Thomas had, jokingly, he said, asked Allen, quote, hey, boy, can you carry my bags to the lobby? Then on July 2nd, that Frank Thomas failed to get a bunt down and the Phillies lost a game. And on the third, during BP, Thomas successfully bunted and somebody, and it might have been Allen, needled back 24 hours too late. Thomas then turned to Allen and said, you're running your mouth like Cassius Clay. Although some witnesses thought he said, you're running your mouth like Malcolm X. There was an altercation. Frank Thomas contended for 50 years that Dick Allen, quote, sucker punched him. Allen denied that, but he said he did hit him. Nobody denied what happened after that. Frank Thomas swung his bat at Allen and hit him in the shoulder. Within minutes, the Phillies had intervened on Dick Allen's behalf and cut Frank Thomas from their team. And the Philly fans and media sided with... Frank Thomas. They made the life of Dick Allen, probably the greatest hitter in Phillies history to this day, a living hell. The Phillies refused to trade Allen until 1970. And while he was the American League MVP in 1972, he never became the unquestionable Hall of Famer that his talent seemed to demand. This is not to dismiss the mourning of those who loved Frank Thomas. But after hitting Allen with a bat, he went on radio in Philadelphia and said Allen should have been punished too. And when interviewed later for a documentary, he insisted, you know, if you're going to punish one, you've got to punish the other. That later interview was in 2008, 43 years later after the racial insults or jokes and hitting him with a bat. It still had not occurred to Frank Thomas by that time that, in fact, they had punished the, quote, other Still ahead, CNN. Clips Not News is reportedly pondering hiring a comedian to do an hour of news every night. They think it's a brilliant brand new idea. In fact, it's a lousy old idea. They first proposed this in 2001. I was in the room and it was the same comedian. First, the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. 
LeBron's Christine Lambrecht, who has now resigned as defense minister in the government of uh, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. It was Minister Lambrecht who greeted the imminent war in Ukraine a year ago by saying she was sending President Zelensky, quote, a very clear signal that we stand by your side. What Minister Lambrecht sent Ukraine was 5,000 helmets. Not 5,000 guys named helmet. 5,000 helmets. You bring your own bullets. The bronze to Jordan Peterson, Canadian con man, climate change denier, and Joe Rogan stooge. Peterson tweeted out a chart that purports to indicate world temperatures have been dropping irregularly but consistently since about 1177 B.C. He asked simply, anyone object to this chart? One small problem with the chart. The chart's supposedly proving there's no climate change. It ends in the year 1885. (laughs) Stops at 1885. Oh, things have been going great recently. What's recently? 1885. So the answer to your question is, yeah, everybody objects to this chart except the morons who listen to you. But our winner, identity thief and the chief Jiminy Glick impersonator of Fox News, Tucker Carlson, he led the charge on the right's second attempt to sexualize M&Ms. Imagine how many drugs have to have been consumed on the far right for them to actually try to sexualize chocolate candy. Tuxin complained about various M&Ms and then added, there's also a plus-size obese purple M&M. Yeah, that's a, that's a peanut M&M. It's shaped that way because it's got a peanut in it. It's not obese, Tucker. It's, it's, a, it's a peanut. See, they're not actually living creatures. They're, they're candy. Some of them have peanuts in them. Tucker... I've got that look again like I was a dog who was just shown a card trick. I don't understand. Explain candy to me. Carlson, today's worst person in the Number one story on the countdown and my favorite topic, me and things I promised not to tell. And if you do not believe in time travel, I may have a surprise for you. It's a little Marcel Proust for the average person, but still the new news site Semaphore. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hold up. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Or published something about CNN. That's CNN, Clicks Not News. And it's about Clicks Not News chairman Chris Licht, who when we were at MSNBC together, we used to think ate paste. And how he is quoting Semaphore, considering hiring a comedian to host one of CNN's primetime shows to fill the primetime 9 to 11 p.m. hours with a non-traditional version of the news. Five people with planning said CNN executives have floated names, including Bill Maher, Trevor Noah, Arsenio Hall, and John Stewart and have looked at other comedic-focused talk shows for inspiration. And as I read it, I found myself transported back in time to the office of another president of CNN named Walter Isaacson on Friday, August 3rd, 2001. Walter, his big office near Madison Square Garden, filled with the brilliant summer sun, said he had what he thought was a great idea and he wanted my thoughts. What if we took an hour in primetime and instead of being deadly serious CNN or conversational CNN or even point counterpoint CNN, what if we were funny CNN? I rolled my eyes because I had pitched this exact idea to Walter's bosses not a month before and I was trying to get in to get a meeting with him. I had done a version after all of funny for CNN in my sports reporting when I started in TV two decades before there, and then I raised it to something higher and more of a proven success at ESPN. I was back with CNN as a scheduled freelancer filling in on the show Jeff Greenfield hosted at uh, 1030 every night, and my agent was negotiating to get me the CNN 8 p.m. hour they were going to give to somebody not currently on the network. I had said, obviously, you could not have a comedian do the news, but you could have a newscaster with a decent sense of comedy and humor or satire to bring a humorous starting point to it when appropriate. And not only was I qualified, but as I said to Walter right then, I can do the key thing that is the only way you could get away with this idea. I can be the guy on the air doing the slightly funny news when a bridge collapses or Ronald Reagan dies, or there's a terrorist attack, and I can swerve back into serious coverage before the network crashes because it had a comedy show on when the world began to end. Walter nodded politely. What do you think of Jon Stewart? Do you think the audience would buy Jon Stewart on CNN? I think he's great, don't you? I said, frankly, Walter, no, for the reason I just outlined. If Jon Stewart is doing your funny news, and then there's unfunny news, your, and then I said a word that rhymed with clucked. I also said that I didn't know him well, but everybody I knew who did said Jon Stewart was insufferable, impossible to work with, a dreadful and dreary person, and notorious for stealing other people's ideas and then pretending they were his. I said his point of view was far closer to my own, but that, frankly, the closest personality comp in cable news to Jon Stewart was Bill O'Reilly. And Walter Isaacson said, do you think he'll do it? 
To be fair, I don't think they ever asked him 22 years ago. The last time a CNN president thought of this idea and mistakenly believed he was saying, let's have Jon Stewart do the news. When in fact he was saying, let's have Jon Stewart's ratings between 9 and 10 every night. Because that's what Chris Licht is thinking. And immediately moving the idea from impossible crash and burn to, well, this is feasible. Let's call Arsenio Hall. Is he busy? The longest a comedy news hybrid show can be is about 30 minutes. One can argue based on audience retention for the Jon Stewart Daily Show and the Colbert Rapport, it's actually closer to about 10, 15 minutes. As Chris Licht must remember from his days running Colbert's amazingly unfunny CBS program, no late-night comedy show that dabbled in news in a monologue or even multiple desk segments has ever done more than about 10 minutes of news a night. And I mean the superstars limited themselves to 10 minutes of it a night. David Letterman, Johnny Carson, even Jay Leno. Others have tried 10 minutes and were never heard from again. And if you doubt me, ask yourself if you remember the Pat Sajak show on CBS or Comedy Central's The Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore or, frankly, the third incarnation of The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, who kept the franchise alive after Jon Stewart retired, but my God, just barely. And Chris Licht of the We Thought They Were Paste Eaters Licht's supposedly brought up Trevor Noah and did bring up Jon Stewart in an interview with the New York Times last year. And then there's my old college colleague, Bill Maher. As Semaphore noted, Maher is potentially a more realistic prospect. The host of HBO's long-running weekly show that bears his name is already in-house at Warner Brothers Discovery, CNN's parent company. Puck News reported this week that CNN is in talks to begin airing some of Maher's weekly extra HBO segments. Well, maybe that would work, but there are several problems with Maher doing his own show. For 25 years, Bill Maher has been abhorred by conservatives. They got him canceled from what was his original nightly show on ABC called Politically Incorrect after he said something after 9-11. And that's fine. Conservatives are not going to watch CNN no matter what Chris Licht and his fascist boss John Malone do. But the issue here is... Bill Maher has also gradually wasted nearly all of his reputation with liberals as well. They may not abhor him the way the conservatives do, but he stopped being appointment viewing for liberals perhaps as long as a decade ago. Also, if the quality of the humor in his once a week HBO show is an indicator, putting him on nightly on CNN starting, say, next Monday would mean he would be out of material by next Thursday, maybe next Wednesday. I also know Bill for literally 45 years, and I used to be on his HBO show often, and he invariably told me that the best thing that ever happened to him was getting canceled on ABC, getting away from having to do a TV show daily, that six days of prep for one show was a tough enough ratio for him. And lastly, while it is assumed that people actually watch Bill Maher's show, there is no proof of this. HBO does not produce ratings for the programs it puts on TV. It is not in the ratings business. It is in the subscription business. As I suggested just now, we don't know how many people watch Maher. We know there aren't any conservatives. We don't know if there's still any liberals. 
And that, of course, is the other fundamental flaw here. Even if Bill Maher wanted to do it and was really funny and everybody wanted him to do the cover story for Chris Licht's actual job, which is, as you know, slowly torturing the CNN audience to death while using the last few months of CNN credibility to push ultra right wing talking points out as if they were balanced apolitical news. The cover story for that is it's balanced apolitical news. Quick. Name me the last apolitical news comedian or satirist. I'll wait. Even if you think the foppish guy they have on Fox, Blofeld, whatever his name is, it's Blofeld, right? Even if you think Blofeld is actually funny, is he apolitical? Does Blofeld claim to be apolitical? Dave Letterman was actually kind of apolitical, yet most of his political stuff wound up mocking Republicans anyway because they do things that are easier to laugh at and they have no sense of humor about themselves. When Stephen Colbert, who is far more conservative than he wants you to know, could cover up his intent by pretending to you that he was just pretending to be conservative, when he was on Comedy Central, he was far more successful than he is now. And it needs to be remembered that until Trump's ascension gave him something to talk about, CBS, with Chris Licht in charge of that department, was about to swap Colbert and James Corden and relegate Colbert to 1230 at night. And even if you disagree with my comedy analysis, the bottom line is you can't do comedy about news without being political. And you can't put a comedian in the driver's seat of a real newscast because one day, soon or late, he will have to segue into live coverage of the massive explosion down at the goiter clinic. If you really wanted to do an hour or just half an hour of comedy news, it would have to be political. And it would have to be hosted by somebody able to turn on a dime from the chuckle hut to dead ex-presidents. You're talking Al Franken, or maybe, maybe me and CNN is not going to hire Al Franken, and it's definitely, definitely not going to hire me. So back I travel in time to Walter Isaacson's 2001 office at 2001 CNN, and he was the president after Reese Schoenfeld and Burt Reinhardt, who I worked for, and Tom Johnson, who I worked for for like one day, and Rick Kaplan, who I worked for later. And Walter was the one before John Klein, who tried to bring me back to CNN in 2006, but got overruled by Jim Walton, who I had worked with because he'd been the backup Chiron guy on my CNN sportscast in 1983. And Jim was also president then. And then Jim fired John and then somebody fired Jim. And then they brought in Jeff Zucker, who I worked for. And he tried to bring me back in 2016. And then they fired him. And now it's Chris Licht. And we don't know when they're going to fire Chris Licht, only that, you know, someday they're gonna. I can't recall how long I was in Walter Isaacson's office that summer day so long ago. He had a lot of questions he wanted to ask me, and he continually referred to my experience mixing humor and serious coverage at ESPN. And even right then, when I was filling in for Jeff Greenfield, and the longer I was in there, the more it seemed like he was leading up to asking me if I wanted to try it. Of course, I would have. And he never asked. And what made that even crazier was, not long after, CNN offered me the job of lead anchor and managing editor at its CNN SI Sports Network, and then it offered me a different contract as a full-time salaried host and essayist on news and sports for CNN itself, and a third contract, a holding contract, which would really just be a pre-negotiation in case they had chosen me from the finalists for their 8 p.m. newscast. 
As it turned out, a month later, they shuttered CNNSI, the sports operation, but we did proceed on the anchor essayist contract. But for the 8 o'clock show, they never executed my contract because they gave that show to Connie Chung and then canceled her show one year later when it turned out she could no longer do live television. Walter Isaacson left CNN in January 2003, and a month later, I returned to MSNBC, and we started Countdown a month after that. Politics and commentary gradually squeezed out the time I would devote to the humor and the satire, but originally, Countdown was as much satire as it was controversy, and almost every night we had a comedian on as the last guest. Robert Klein was on Countdown. Marr was on all the time. Famously, George Carlin came on and said it was the best newscast he'd ever seen. And one day in 2005, the phone rang in my office. Keith, it's Walter Isaacson. I've been meaning to call for a couple months. I don't know if you remember this. In fact, I kind of hope you don't. But in 2001, I asked you about doing a newscast with a comedy element to it. And I must have asked you about Jon Stewart and everybody liked Jon Stewart. And I just wanted to say, I watch Countdown every night. And every night I say to myself, that's exactly the show I wanted. And the guy was sitting on the other side of my goddamn desk and I didn't even see him because I was looking at it backwards. And what Walter Isaacson said next should be a lesson to Chris Licht or whoever succeeds him or anybody else who wants to try Walter Isaacson's idea from 2001 and claim it is their idea in 2023. You don't get a comedian to do funny news, Walter said. You get a newsman who's kind of funny to do news that's kind of funny. Countdown has come to you from the studios of Olderman Broadcasting Empire World Headquarters in the Sports Capsule Building in New York. Thanks for listening. If you're not subscribed, please do so. I have an ego the size of Manitowoc, Wisconsin, thus we can never have enough subscribers. Here are the credits. Most of the music, including our theme from Beethoven's Ninth, was arranged, produced, and performed by Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel, who are the Countdown musical directors. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray, produced by TKO Brothers. Other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by No Horns Allowed. The sports music is the Olbermann theme from ESPN2, and it was written by Mitch Warren Davis, courtesy of ESPN Inc. Musical comments from Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. Our announcer today was Larry David. Everything else was pretty much my fault. So that's Countdown for this, the 742nd day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Arrest him now while we still can. The next scheduled Countdown tomorrow. Until then, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 